we walked in the door. Well, first of all, let me rewind a little bit. Good morning, Josh Helmer. How are you? And good morning to you. Very theatric start. Right, right, right. And and I think there's a reason why, because as you and I literally arrived at the exact same time. Rare occurrence, but Rare it happened occurrence, this morning. Right. I would like to thank the 13-minute wait in the drop-off line to <laughs> to get my kid. That's, that's how we linked up. I, I was so shook by Josh, I stopped at the uh, very famous Goldsby store to get a, a a little snack to calm myself down. Good. I was hot. It's like, li- drop your kid off and go. It is not that hard, dude. It is not that hard. It's over. Let him go. There are, there are rules. There's rules. Drop him off. Go. Simple. Some parents struggle with that. Apparently so. Apparently some people need to unload 18 suitcases while also dropping off their kids. I digress, though. If you have to do that, completely understand. Sure. There's a parking lot where you park your freaking car and you get your lazy bum out of the car and you walk it in. Okay. But so I was running a little bit behind today. Neither here nor there. And as you got out of your car, I was waiting for you. Because I was so proud of myself for having found my fob, I was going to say, I got you. Thank you. And you informed me of some sad news. We lost one of our, uh, a, a part of our, one of our favorite radio shows, I think sure. it's fair to say. Pop culture lore. R.I.P. Ralph Cirillo. Ralph is Ralph on the Howard Stern Show. He was his longtime stylist. Stylist and, I guess, really good friend. And so you, would, you got out of your car and when you go, R.I.P. Ralph, I was like, I, I, thought, I thought you'd know. No, I, I was, I'll bust myself out on what I, I have been doing over the last 24 hours. Um, but when you said it, I was like, oh, man. So we came in and TJ is, is a longtime Stern fan. And whenever we told him, he was shocked. Yeah. So that's probably why you heard the 6 a.m. T-Row in the morning. He, he admitted as much. He said he was a little shook. I, I'm not going to lie. I was. When you told me, I was like, what? It, uh, you know, when you grow up with a show like that. Sure. And one of the pillar pieces passes away. Sure. It's Yeah, I mean, it's sad. But today will be a good day. Today will be a good day, Josh, because... All right, here, I'm going to bust myself out on what I've been doing over the last 24 hours. And it reminded me, it reminded me of something very, um, I don't know, hypocritical of me to where I'll sit here and there'll be certain things that I push and I'm like, I think this needs to be talked about. This is something that needs to be discussed on this show. And then if I hear another show talking about it, I'm like, I don't. Darn it, I guess let's scrap it. I don't want to hear about that from them. I mean, come on. So I again just saying I can be I can be my own worst enemy in these. But I I have been trying to learn myself up on this latest proposal from Charlie Baker and the NCAA. And again, if you missed it yesterday or if you haven't been following along, there is a new kind of subdivision, not kind of, subdivision of the NCAA that Charlie Baker is proposing that would, you know, they don't want to call it pay-for-play, but it would basically allow pay-for-play to take place. But it would also do so under the NCAA's umbrella. So you you try to make sense of how you're going to police that, but I, myself, Josh, I know a lot of times these conversations can be 
boring as all get out. You want to say, I always talk about, it's like concussions. Everyone wants to act like they care about concussions and concussion safety and guys being treated right. But as soon as I'm like, I'd like to welcome in uh, Dr. Uh, John uh, Helmer from OU Medical to talk about the impact of concussions. It's like, okay, listen, I, I, I care about guys getting concussions. I don't really need all those details, right? Please, just, don't, please, dis- don't, please don't, don't, don't depress me, me this morning. Don't, what, not, not only don't depress me, but I don't want to hear it. I, I, I'm, I'm off to something else. I'm going to listen to guys debate where the thunder are right now. So with that said, I understand that everyone wants to act like they care about college reform and everyone wants to act like they care about the, the changes that could be taking place in the NCAA. But talking about it and going in depth on it, could be kind of a snooze fest, I guess. It's like, ugh. How interesting is this? Because there's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of, I guess you could say, unanswered questions. I reached out, well, I reached out to one of the two people that are really smart on this stuff yesterday. And when I reached out to the first person, I broke the news to them. So there hadn't been a coordinated effort slash push by Charlie Baker and the NCAA to make sure, Josh, that everybody knew this was coming out before it came out. <laughs> it's kind of like, I'd go check my email or I'd go check however you get things from the NCAA. So here's what I propose to you. Knowing how, for a lot of people, boring and tedious this can be, should we set an alarm on the show to basically say, all right, um, at this time we're going to do it so you can choose to tap in or tap out. Or do we just surprise everybody so that way? I think we have to surprise <laughs> Okay, them. all right. That's what I was thinking. I don't want to suddenly say I'm going to talk about this at 10 a.m. And everyone's like, he's going to be talking about the all college right, we'll see thing. You at 10:30. I'll see you at 1030. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to act like I care about this. And maybe there's a part of me that does, but I couldn't care less. So we'll get to uh, – I, I guess my point is I've, I, I've studied. I've listened to – several shows podcast about this i've read it way too many columns there hasn't been a lot of think pieces on it yet well i think a lot of people are still trying to wrap their minds around what does it all mean potentially so at some unannounced point today (laughs) because i'm not going to give you an opportunity to leave this program today oh no can't do it we're going to dive into it and there is one unanswered question that i that i truly have right now I don't really know if it's good. I like the idea of it. It's a, it's a complete 180. It'd be like me coming on here all of a sudden telling you that I love beans. I mean, it would be a complete 180. Uh, but this is a complete 180. I mean, the, the NCAA went to court to fight against this. <laughs> and now here they come and they're like, I think we should do this, but it's with a certain set of requirements as far as the amount of money that needs to be invested, and it's still over our umbrella because we all know in the end, Josh, what does the NCAA want to protect more than anything else? What's the most important thing to the NCAA to make sure that they protect the sustainability and the, and the, and the popularity of it? The NCAA basketball tournament. Because that is their sugar daddy. That's the cash cow. That is, they, they don't see anything from the college football playoff, right? They don't see anything from conference realignment news or the TV payouts uh, to the Oklahomas and the 
Auburn's. They, they don't see that. But they see that money from the NCAA tournament. And uh, all of the NCAA tournaments. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The only one that's not college football, <laughs> which is the most profitable. But I think as far as the, the, the cash is concerned, the TV deal with the NCAA basketball tournament. Is the most fruitful. It's the most. So we'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. In the meantime, we've got portal updates, but on the incoming side. This I, I, has, our, has our list stalled out? Has our list stalled out for today? It is 9-13 on Wednesday, December 6th. Um, Marcus Hicks, DJ Graham, Jason Llewellyn, Tawi Walker, Nate Anderson, Dylan Gabriel, Savion Bird, Reggie Grimes, Key Lawrence, Marcus Majors, and Dalen Smothers. Those are those are still the ones, right? That we we have seen in the portal for Oklahoma, and at least as far as I've seen, Josh, there hasn't been any additions to that today. Or late last night. If there was, I apologize. You can call me more on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line whenever I uh, whenever I check it here in the next segment. But we um, maybe one of the I don't want to say worst kept, but as soon as Chris McClellan's name jumped in the portal, I mean, it it almost it almost seemed as if it was absolutely automatic in a lot of people's mind where he was going and where he ended up. So to see that he is on his way to Oklahoma is, to me, great news. But yet, again, the the least shocking news that I think you could possibly imagine, just based on everything that was around him. Now, I know he hasn't officially announced it yet, right? Or is, is it on? Yeah, he hasn't officially announced it on his transfer portal. But what did I see this on last night? OU Insider, I think, had it. One of the uh, one of the Instagram accounts had it that he was on his way here. But in the same vein, I know you're looking for the confirmation. I think it was on Instagram where I saw it last night. But it looks like he's on his way to Oklahoma. And then in that, Josh, we are starting to see that laundry list trickle in of players whom Oklahoma has offered, Right. You're starting to slowly but surely see those names creep in uh, for guys that the University of Oklahoma has at least offered or has shown interest in. So you've got that. Um, But with McClellan and what everyone believes is a path towards Oklahoma for him, this was a dude that they were very high on and very close to getting uh, out of high school to begin with. Right, I mean, you saw him play in high school. Whenever you were covering uh, Norman North versus Owasa, what'd you think of him? Thought he was great. Are you kidding me? I thought what everybody else thought. I thought he was uh, a blue chip talent, just like uh, the twenty four seven sports ranking I'm looking at right now, where mm-hmm. he was ninetieth nationally and the twelfth defensive lineman and the top player in the state of Oklahoma. So. Yeah, it would be a, a big time add for OU at a position where they need it. By the way, I just want to make this very clear. I should be clear. I got a little bit duped here because it just said he's transferring. Uh, it had him in the OU jersey, so I got a little bit duped there. I'm not going to lie to you, and I've been duped for 24 hours. <laughs> but it looks as if he's got OU very high on his list and is on his way to Oklahoma. 
So that's exciting news on the defensive line front. Now, we had this fight yesterday with a couple of people on Twitter or on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Here is our fight. Um, yeah, and by the way, Nick, when, when he says, oh, you ins- insider Instagram had it. Yeah, we got to dig it. That's not necessarily saying that he's transferring to Oklahoma quite yet. But the, the belief and the feeling is that he is. Um, but Josh, I gotta, I gotta know from your perspective, when, when you see some of these names that are linked to Oklahoma, does it automatically for you signal, all right, that's a position they're going after? Or do you look at it more as say, that just might be that individual? That's kind of where my challenge has been so far, because it appears as if so far it's. It's been pretty much what we thought all along with the different position groups that they're going to be going after here. So for you, are you like, ah, that's just an individual you want to go get? Or to you, do you look at it and say, oh, yeah, that's a position group that they're absolutely going to be targeting? I think uh, a little bit of both is is the correct answer. But forced to choose, I would say collectively that across the board, probably a better indication of a position they feel they need to enhance, add depth – bring talent in, and in certain cases, right, like with the McClellan, okay, well, yeah, you need help up front, but a blue-chip defensive lineman that you had ties to initially, that's an individual case, too. Right. I mean, that's you're just going to take because that's somebody that's talented that you get to Norman if you can. Yeah. So a little bit of both, but probably more so on an individual basis, it signals to me, okay, we want, we need help here. So when we come back, we've got – let's see here. What's, what's our number of names that we had last night, Josh? I think we're up to five that we can confirm Oklahoma has contacted. So we'll run down those five, those positions, those players, where they were, where they're, uh, where they're at, who else is interested, and, and kind of how they might fit with Oklahoma. We'll dive into that coming up next. It's Portal Madness. Okay, that's a little bit too corny. But over like 1,200 names now in the portal since Monday? Portal Combat. Portal Combat. I think, um, I can't remember, somebody tried to claim trademark on the on the Portal Combat. I'm trying to remember who it was. So is that illegal for us to say? Yeah, be careful. Be careful. You just might get a trademark. So we'll dive into that coming up. Uh, who's Oklahoma looking at? Who have they contacted? Who have they officially offered? We'll dive into it next. So, uh, congrats to the OU basketball team. Coming up at 10 a.m., we'll hear some uh, Porter Moser post game from last night. We're on Portal Talk right here, though, for the first hour on the ref. And uh, right after the bottom of the hour, Josh, 9.35, Dylan Gabriel spoke a couple times yesterday, including in, a, in more of a kind of an open form setting, which I thought was was really cool, and explained the process. And the more – the more Dylan explains it, the more that it makes sense because I, I don't know how much more in-depth we have to go on that fact that Dylan Gabriel is not going to play football at Oklahoma next year. I mean, Brent Venable said that in the opening season press conference. And not in that way. He's like, well, Dylan's not coming back next year. But I, I don't ever think this was part of the plan. I don't think him entering the portal was part of his initial plan. According to what Dylan got, he didn't get a senior bowl invite, which is shocking. Neither is Reggie Pearson, which is shocking. Um, Dylan Gabriel did not get a senior bowl invite. That's what he said. How is that possible? I, and then here's the thing about it, too, that makes me mad is 
the Senior Bowl, like, boohoo's around because the NFL has started the their own and putting their what, – what's the NFL putting their weight behind? Like the Shrine Bowl now? And so they're, like, worried about their future. And yeah, getting bumped, bumped Getting bumped out. down a little bit. And so now all of a sudden they open up the door and they start inviting all these juniors. And it's fine. I mean, I'm not it's, – it's their business model. It'll probably work. But when Gabriel says the Senior Bowl invite didn't come and then when he said that – he he didn't get back the draft grade that he expected. I think that led him to believe what you and I have been talking about. Hey, I can make it one point five to two million dollars in the in the college ranks somewhere. Oklahoma has its succession plan. That's fine. I'll go somewhere else. That's fine, and that'll be more profitable for me than taking the route of you know getting a four year deal where only you know maybe half of what you can make in a in a year played college ball. And, oh, by the way, I can climb up a number of big-time NCAA college football oh, absolutely. all-time marks. Hey. And, and that probably was at the bottom of the list, but it's a nice little cherry on top. He was – he was um, – he's going to be the leading passer in all of college football by the time it's said and done if he stays healthy and just has a good year. All right, let, so we'll get to more of that coming up right after the bottom of this hour. Here is a laundry list of names – that Oklahoma has looked at or at least contacted or has been mentioned around in the transfer portal. Per their confirmation of it? Uh, and, and, again, I was talking to someone who covers recruiting last night just to try to get a little information on a few of these guys, and their point to me was, I don't, I can't follow this and follow recruiting and follow. The, he goes, there's only just, so much time There's the only so much time in the day. So – uh, it's harder to really truly, you know, find out who they're talking to and who they're listed unless these guys tell you. Yeah. So I've got five names here that have been mentioned in in, in at least through what I've seen on their Twitter and what I've seen reported. Gino Vandemark. Now tell me if you catch anything familiar with these first three names I'm going to mention. Gino Vandemark. An offensive lineman out of Michigan State. Um, he's played right guard. Played a little bit of left. He he's seems to be to me a bit of a swing guy. Six foot five, three twenty. He is not the only. <laughs> he is not the only player out of Michigan State that Oklahoma has apparently. Uh, been in conversations, or at the very least, I, I think you can say, has offered on this list. Um, is Spencer Brown is another name that Oklahoma has been in contact with. Six foot six, three hundred and fifteen pound redshirt senior. Now he's a tackle. <laughs> he's a guy that would would come in and be in the conversation at right tackle. And he's also a guy that has played a lot of college football. He redshirted in 2019, uh, didn't play much in 2020 during what was his redshirt freshman season. 2021, played in eight games. In 22, that's when he established himself as the starting right tackle. And then pretty much the same for Michigan State this season. 
Notice a trend? Offensive lineman, offensive lineman. Sure. Here's the next name. Okay. Fabechi Wee-Woo. Wee-Woo. Pr- spelled in W-A-I-W-U. Pronounced Wee-Woo. Six foot four, 316 pound offensive lineman out of Coppell, Texas. Hometown of Sooner baseball great Craig Aiken. Wait, Craig Aiken was from Coppell, right? Anyway, um, interior offensive lineman, North Texas. So he was he was recruited by Seth Luttrell or Seth Luttrell's staff. So you notice a trend, Josh, the first three names? Yeah, I mean, obviously they're trying to get offensive line help. But wait, there's more. Jalen Farmer, six foot five, three hundred and ten pound offensive lineman out of Florida, has been linked to Oklahoma. Here's what's interesting to me, Josh, just in those first four names that we've mentioned. Gino Vanda Vandemark, the interior offensive lineman, is a redshirt sophomore. So that means you know, he'll have two more years of eligibility left. Wee-woo is a sophomore. He'll have potentially three. Jalen Farmer is a redshirt freshman. Also, by the way, Farmer, uh, he he played uh, – he was a big-time offensive – or, excuse me, a defensive lineman in, in high school. But they they moved him to the offensive line – at Florida full-time. I think he was, like most guys, Josh, the biggest dude on the field <laughs> at at six foot five, three ten. So it's like, why don't you just play a little nose tackle and offensive line and you're good to go. So of four of the five names that we've, at least from my research, and if you guys have found some through you living it, um, but – I think there is one very obvious point to these four uh, four gentlemen. That's why I asked you before. You think it's more about position? This is the most captain obvious thing. Oklahoma is looking for more depth and a couple of impact guys on the offensive line. Which makes sense because, look, they're going to be replacing a ton. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the offensive line, I found this to be hilarious. Um, did you... Did you dive into any mock drafts yet? Have you allowed yourself that? Not recently. Sicko? Okay, I did this morning. There is uh, one sooner. Who from? Luke Easterly. Okay. USA Today Sports. There is one sooner projected to go in the first round of the draft. One. In fact, he did three rounds. Um, this is also, I kind of try to take this with a little bit of grain of salt because he had Andrew Rame as a second rounder last year. But I, I think he's good, and, and I've had him on my shows before. But he only had one sooner going in the first round. Any guesses who it was? Guyton. Ding, ding, ding. Had him going as a 29th pick in the first round. So, four offensive linemen. Vandemark out of Michigan State. Spencer Brown out of Michigan State. Betsy Wee-Woo out of North Texas, and Jalen Farmer out of Florida. And again, three of those four guys have multiple years of eligibility left. 
They're not only one of those would be Walter Rousing it, and that would be Spencer Brown. Mm-hmm. The others have two years, and in one instance, three. Three, right? And then Josh, the other name, who was kind enough to put on his Twitter feed that Oklahoma had offered him, was another position that you and I have talked about a lot, and that's corner. Des Malone, six foot two, two hundred pound junior corner out of San Diego State. Was a 2023 honorable mention All-Mountain West. Started more games than any other Aztec corner last year. And moved from safety to corner midway through fall camp of 2021. So he, he's got one more year of eligibility left. Because he had redshirted. He had his freshman season. He's not a COVID guy. He came in in 2021. So, so far... We've seen, hey, I think Oklahoma's going to attack uh, some offensive line depth in the corner position, and at least, I mean, there's tons more out there. At least is what's out there on what these young gentlemen have confirmed on social media, Josh. That appears to very much be the case. Did you know, according to uh, Eli Letterman's list at – what is it, sold out crowd? Sell out crowd. Sell out crowd. The Woody Washington has another year of eligibility if he wants it. That can't possibly be right, right? <laughs> but I don't know anymore. I, I, I honestly have no idea. I'm just patiently awaiting the day when they tell me, yeah, there's no more COVID <laughs> eligibility. Remember yet. how you used to say, oh, that fifth year, and uh, then you got also got that COVID year? Yeah, after this year, we don't have to worry about it anymore. After 24. So to the surprise, yeah, the coming season or 25 i don't know so to the surprise of nobody nobody oklahoma's looking and and if you want to include the chris mcclellan whom uh, i started the day thinking he had already committed to oklahoma but is a very heavy lean towards oklahoma what we thought so far josh oklahoma focusing on offensive line corner and then edge guys and interior guys too i should say trenches 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 here right Indeed. Any of these names really jump out at you? I will not lie and pretend like I know anything about those offensive linemen. I don't know anything. Well, I think uh, what we touched on, the fact that three of the four have multiple years of eligibility left, right. is uh, is pretty interesting. Des Malone at corner, 6'2", 200, is, uh, is pretty exciting to think about. Uh, that uh, kind obviously of C- is an area that uh, OU needs help. A little bigger, right? Uh, kind of C.J. Colden-type vibes, though. Mountain West guy. Hope he comes in healthy. Doesn't have a ton of picks in his career or anything. Uh, I-, I was shook a little bit whenever I saw that he went to Edison High. I was like, oh. Tulsa oh. Edison? <laughs> Fresno, California. Who knew that there were more Edisons than just in Tulsa? What's his career numbers on picks look like? That can't be right. None. Zero. Yeah, what I said, uh, I think he had one last year. No? <laughs> Did have a sack, though, so there's that. One pass breakup. Oh, PBU. One forced fumble. One TFL. But, hey, you know, you got a defensive staff that's projecting something they like. I was uh, – our fight yesterday on social media was when we were looking at David Hicks' numbers. And I'm like, ah, not really that big of a difference maker. In year one. But then we also put freshman, defensive tackle, tough position to come in and play right away, especially in the SEC. Had people that are like, oh, I guess then P.J. out of Boarway is just he's terrible because of his. No, I'm just saying it. 
a lot of you guys acted like DJ Hicks whenever we lost and was going to end up going and being all SEC in year one. Takes time. And by the way, a reminder, he's not in the portal yet. But there is still plenty of time. All right, so there's the names we know Oklahoma might be looking towards adding. We haven't seen that list change as far as Sooners in the portal either, which I find kind of interesting. We haven't had that jaw-dropping, wow, moment quite yet. Maybe a little bit with Smothers, maybe a little bit with Key Lawrence, obviously nationally with Dylan Gabriel. But when we come back, Josh, when Dylan Gabriel spoke yesterday, a lot of things made sense. We'll explain next right here on The Ref. I was looking for audio of this fireside chat that Dylan Gabriel did yesterday. I I see your hand raised back of the class, please. So while I was looking, I just there's a lot of people yelling at their computer on YouTube. You guys like watch this stuff? I mean, am I the old in this? Like I love RJ, but I don't really need to see RJ yelling into its a monitor about things. Hey, easy. Don't hurt the uh, business model. I mean, I, I okay. I, I, I mean, I, I'm looking at some of these, and it's like I, I like Josh Pate a lot, but I think there's a lot of people, believe it or not, that get a decent amount of their sports information from YouTube. Huh? How about that? I, yeah. I've not uh, met somebody directly that says they only listen or watch from YouTube, but there's enough comments and enough interaction that I do think it's a. Well, a pretty legitimate market. Well, can we start putting the show on YouTube? Does it, I got cameras. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I kid you well, not. Will the bosses let us do it? Sure. Can we do it live? Let's, if, if this is, I mean, I'd, there is 29,000 views on a debate between Keyshawn Johnson and Skip Bayless on Kyle McCord and Dylan Gabriel. Who watches that? <laughs> who literally goes, hey, I want to see what uh, these guys have to say about <laughs> Again, it. Again, apparently like 30,000 people. I guess so. All right, so yesterday, as we welcome you back into the Plank Show, post game from basketball coming up at 10 a.m. this morning. Man, they're good. And we're going to we're gonna sneak in some of the new subdivision talk. I'm just not telling you when because I know how boring it is. I, I know that you teased and it's coming up later, but when, when do we say that this Oklahoma team is legitimately a lot better? Are we there yet, or is I there? I think it has to be there, right? What's the date? Is it Arkansas? Is it North Carolina? One of those two? Arkansas just beat Duke, but it struggled a little bit this year. So yeah, let's say Saturday. Let's say Saturday will be that date. Would that be good? Or do you need more? Jumpman Invitational. If you beat UNC, is that enough for everybody to get on board? Oh, I would hope so. Hey, um, and I got to be honest with you, I am not a person that is against by any stretch of the imagination like taking the show to the LMC on game days even though it's ridiculously early just to start generating the buzz because got a little juice man got a, got little, a little juice from the crowd juice. and whatever I, I tell Lee and everyone involved in the marketing side and the game op side every time I see them it's not a knock on anything that was going on before. It's just it's a different world now. I'm so happy for Porter and that. Bunch. I'm really happy for Porter. I want to uh, Porter. I want to see it continue. I see it happen. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, here's what Dylan Gabriel had to say, which would pretty much conclude an hour's worth of Portal talk. Uh, he had a three minute explanation. That's what I've been looking for for like 24 hours. Fields and futures is what it's called. It's a uh, booster club. 
He was a special guest of the organization. And basically what it does is it serves students across the Oklahoma City public schools by growing sports participation at the middle school and high school levels. Which, as someone who has a family member that coaches at that level, it's a challenge. Quote, it being a new era in the SEC, knowing that it's a tricky and a unique situation that I am, I just think it was the right time for me to go and try it somewhere else. Not necessarily because it was bad or anything. It was the right thing to do. It's hard. Sometimes the right decision isn't always easy, as I've learned. He added, and this was the part that I thought was really good because it was it was the last thing. Josh Norman, who's a rock star, was hosting it, and he asked Dylan if he wanted to address the elephant in the room. Um, Gabriel said that the whole idea of playing another year of college began with a shift in his NFL draft prospects. Throughout the whole season, I think I had it very clear in my mind that I wanted to go to the draft. Right off into the sunset, being an OU graduate, hopefully getting drafted, hopefully get drafted earlier than I ever thought I would. Statistically, I thought I had a pretty good year or one of my best years, so I was hopeful. But as I got my homework back, the draft grade wasn't what I thought it would be. Even not getting invited to the Senior Bowl was something that, just as I kind of got that information, I was a little bummed out. That is unreal that he would not have gotten an invite. I'm shocked by that. What are they doing over there? Yeah. Oh, abs- I, I don't know. Jim Nagy and the, the crew normally knocks it out of the park, but I, I really think I, they've swung and missed here. I, I told you, man, they have – there's they've opened it up to juniors which is fine but they're worried about this pressure that the NFL and the NFL PA is is cuz they're pushing towards I think I don't know if it's the Shrine Bowl or the NFL PA Bowl and they, they even put it like pretty much on I think almost the same week do last you, year. Do you know Jim at all? Yeah. Let's let's get him I, on I, the show and talk I'll to him about him. it. I'll text him. I'll text him. Um because that's one and and I'm sure there's justifications, right? Well, absolutely. They're trying to not be they're, – they're trying to think about the future and how they can remain relevant. I, I get all that. Uh, t- two others two others here quickly on the quotes from Dylan Gabriel. I think at this point in my life, I just want to maximize playing the sport I love. I want to stop there for a minute. That leads me to believe that the draft grade was really bad. That leads me to believe that the draft grade was really bad. Yeah. Um, because if it's – I just want to keep playing football. That leads me to believe it was probably an undrafted free agent, which blows my mind with quarterbacks. But especially after, who was it? It was Jim Nagy that was talking about how he'd be a great fit for the Dolphins. I bet we have that in the system somewhere. I bet we've got that somewhere because I gave it to Steelman. Anyway, let me finish this quote. I've always heard a bunch of people that have played the sport and left early. It was unfortunate. They only had two years in the NFL and it was done. They always wished that they had played that extra year, taken advantage of their full opportunity in college. It was a great time in their life. I just kind of sat there and I decided that's going to be best for me. We'll see. I mean, I 
I don't know, man. I, I, I got to be honest. I'm shocked by that. I'm shocked that yeah, I, I see you taking your victory lap sooner, soldier, and that's fine. You, but Have you heard the buzz, too, that uh, – and this is not shocking, but uh, Gabriel was pretty emotional with his teammates. When he let him know yeah. that he was leaving? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me one single bit. Now, whether or not that's on founded ground, I don't know. But I've heard that from a couple of texters have have passed that along. Really? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that's the thing. What what impressed me the most about Dylan Gabriel from his first year as a Sooner to his second year was him growing as a leader. Right? I don't know. I mean, I I could get mechanic experts can tell me if he was doing things different with how he was throwing the ball. I, I mean, his his deep ball seemed to regress a little bit last year, but I felt like he was – Everything else was better, though. Everything seemed like the mid-range game, the running part was great. But what really wowed me was, man, they, these guys liked him. And there were moments when they weren't afraid to be like, hey, you on the, you you got to be better on that. This is what you're supposed to do. And it would be back and forth. And then as soon as they were done, it was, a, all right, I see why you thought that. I, I'll do this next time. And it were, I mean, the leadership part of it was chef's kiss. Amazing. Amazing. And I'm telling you right now, from someone who did a lot of interviews with Dylan Gabriel, we would be doing these interviews, right, where like some of the players that didn't have post game responsibilities would be walking by. And not a single guy just walked by and ignored him. Everyone had to say something. You could go listen to the interviews. They it, loved him. They loved him, man. Yeah. And that's what you want for your quarterback, no doubt. So let's let's get some of your text. They're really good rolling uh, off the. That's a lot of, that's a lot of portal and Dylan information for the first forty five minutes of the show. Right, we hit the names that we know Oklahoma has been in contact with based on what these guys making it public. They include um, Gino Vandeverk. Wait, did I say that right? Vandemark. Gino Vandemark, offensive lineman out of Michigan State, interior offensive lineman, and Spencer Brown, a tackle out of Michigan State. Fabechi Wee-Woo. Wee-Woo, offensive lineman out of North Texas, and Jalen Farmer. The only non-offensive lineman we've seen so far, I didn't write his name down. That was Des Malone. Des Malone. I'm sorry. I started reading this Aaron Colvin story, and I... San Diego. San Diego State. State University. All right, quick break. When we uh, when we come back, we'll hit the best of the early text line right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Hey, uh, we have a guest today I almost forgot about. Uh, Roger Kish is going to join us in hour three. Nice. Yeah, we haven't had a chance yet to talk OU wrestling. And as you guys know, wrestling expert. So, Roger, I am. Roger Kish is going to join also us. Also a wrestling expert. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. What time did we say? Eleven fifteen. Yeah, eleven fifteen today. So we'll we'll roll through the or just push back to eleven thirty. What do you think? Top five stories of the day. Yeah, eleven fifteen. Roger Kish. Oh yeah, I guess we could push back. That's a fair point. Uh, w- one quick non because we're going all in on hoops next, and we just we got carried away talking about Dylan Gabriel. So we'll get to your. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line text coming up next hour, too. Uh, Steelman always puts the TV on the golf channel in here, and I don't know why, but there is breaking news because, what, there's a new golf ball that they're going to be using? Might be time for an emergency edition this weekend of the Gimme Zone, Josh. It could be. Because, I mean, they're treating this. It's kind of funny. It's why you get the tennis channel and the golf network, the golf channel and 
NFL Network. I mean, this is being treated like the biggest story that's ever hit. Meanwhile, uh, Chris Russo and Stephen A. Smith are debating what's going to happen with uh, Shohei and Otani. <laughs> because that's – well, Mad Dog's a, a good – He's a big baseball guy, so it would make sense. Everyone's worried that Dave Roberts screwed it up because he talked publicly about it, and you're not supposed to talk publicly about anything going on with the Otani saga. Hey, I think this clock is off in here. What time do you have? 59.35. Oh, we got a break. It is not off. We'll see you next hour on The Plank Show.